When I handed him his black belt, I was in tears. Let me play my part. Check to hate. Like, is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder, like, I didn't want to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to live. You helpless know, little girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to like create change. deal with different things now with students than I did, you know, 28 years ago. Um, the parenting is a little different <laughs> than it was before, right. you know. Um, but there's also a lot of kids that we deal with that have ADHD. They're on the spectrum there, you know, and I mean, we have a lot of it, which back in, when I first started, there was so little of it, or mm -hmm. it wasn't diagnosed. Undiagnosed. So, things, so yeah. things are getting diagnosed, and, and the proper medication is being given, and the proper channeling of these, these kids' energy and their intelligence in that. Um, last night at the belt promotion, I had a young man that, oh, I, he had me in tears on Thursday night when he handed in his test sheet to me. He said, Ms. Obermiller, he said, and he's on the spectrum. He's got some things. And he goes, Ms. Obermiller, this probably didn't mean very much to you, but I just want you to know this means everything to me to test for my blue belt. For blue? For blue. Go ahead. I started to cry. I mean, oh I, I didn't want to cry in front of him. And his mom was standing <laughs> behind me because he was just so excited. And he walked away, and I looked at his mom, and I was just like, I was in tears. I mean, it just... I hope so, you don't forget as the kids come up through the belts just what this place means to them. Oh, I would I be a different person if you and I hadn't met. I'd be I, a different person. I would be a different person if you wouldn't have come <laughs> in my door. You know, we all, I always say the teacher is also the student. Mm -hmm. You know, I learn so much from every person that walks through my door. Every single ad adult, teenager, child brings something different into this studio and... Um, they have an amazing impact on me, and I, I hope it goes both ways. I think I it really does. Do. Can you pick a specific story that you'd like to share about seeing someone, again, come into their own, develop that confidence? And um, I know you talked about Ms. Schultz earlier, but there's mm -hmm. got to be just so many. Oh, there's so many. Handing someone their black belt for the first time and seeing, picturing back when they first walked in the door, and they're just kind of like, all white belts are awkward and scared and nervous and, you know, um, Nico, mm -hmm. my Nico, he came in as a white belt. I have this young man who came in as a white belt child, and he, we line up on the tape on the training floor, and I'd have him do things, and all of a sudden he'd run off into a corner, and he'd cross his arms across his chest, and he, he would just go into himself, because he couldn't do what we were doing out there. So I would go to the corner, I'd pick him up, and I'd put him back on the tape. I'd say, you're going to try. Mm -hmm. And he did it about five minutes later. He's back in the corner. I'd go and I'd pick him up and I'd put him back on the tape. And I told him, I said, Nico, you're not going to give up. 
if you give up, you're never going to go anywhere with this or anything else in life. I said, you've got to keep trying. I awarded Nico his second degree black belt, and he just it, confident and looking me in the eye. A lot of Asperger's, they don't look you in the eye, and mm. they, they don't like to be touched, and they don't like to be hugged. So for me to go and pick him up and put him on the tape, you know, yeah. his parents must have been horrified out Terrified. here. But they, they just stepped back and let me do whatever I needed to do. And I watched him grow into a confident, he's in college now. Mm -hmm. He was into robotics. He was into trains. He, I mean, just a brilliant young man. Yeah. But he had Asperger's. And it, it was something that could have held him back. But this helped him not have it hold him back. Right. I also have Terrence O'Brien, you sure. know. Um, another just great success story where I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to teach him because there were certain limitations with, you know, hitting the head and stuff like that. If he, um, but he just got his first degree black belt and mm -hmm. he did a great job. I mm -hmm. mean, he, they have to work so much harder. People you with special I. needs oh of different gosh. types. And, he, I, and Terrence is, has pretty severe special needs, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, but he learned the bow form. He learned, his, um, he learned both of his brown belt forms. He learned the nunchucks. I mean, everything doesn't have to be beautiful, but he did it. And he's, uh, he's strong as a horse, this mm -hmm. kid now. And um, when I handed him his black belt, I was in tears because... This boy walks in the door every single day that he's here with a big smile on his face. Hi, Ms. Obermiller, how are you? Hi, Terrence, I'm good, how are you? I'm great. <laughs> and he'd go on the training floor and he would work hard and there were times that I didn't know if he was really getting what I'd say. I was trying to teach him a knife hand block. He'd always be like this and I would take his hand and I'd push it down. <laughs> but it, eventually he would go like this. Just to his, own, to his own hand, okay? So <laughs> he learns the lessons. It just, uh, yeah, I think those two really, really stick out. You know, I look at Mr. Langloy. You know, he's done a remarkable job with his, with his life. Um, Competed worldwide, right? Yep, he did. You and can brag on your students. Talk about oh my the dojo gosh, for I a could minute. Talk about, we got uh, some yeah. legit competitors here in, the, he, in our, our black belt squad. Well, he, had, he was one of those kids, and his parents would say the same thing. He didn't learn coming in through the front door. You know, he was the type of student that had to go in the back door hmm. in order to learn. So just a little different learning skill, hmm. a skill set. And um, he was a remarkable martial artist. I mean, just remarkable. And went to college, got his degree, um, ended up going out to L.A. to work at this amazing firm, The Mill, where he does, they do a lot of advertising for Super Bowl. And I remember the first five months that he was out there, he came back at one point and he wanted to move back to St. Louis Park because he missed his friends. I said, he was home for Christmas, I think. I said, Jeff, they're only here for Christmas. Mm. You know, I said, most of them are home from college. I said, the people that stayed here, they stayed here, okay? I said, you need to look at this job as like your master's degree. You go out there and you give it two years of your life. Mm -hmm. and you get your real setup where you've got a resume that nobody can touch. Well, I think it's been four years, <laughs> and he just did the intro Pepsi ad for the halftime at Super Bowl. He did the intro and the outro. That was his no way. and his alone. 
Holy smokes. Yeah, so, you know. Little Jeff Langlois. Little Jeff Langlois. And so I'm really, really, really proud of him. I'm proud of every, I mean, there's so many. I can go Jill Norton. I can go Michael Bean. I can go Teresa Hall. I can, (laughs) you know, there's just, there's so many. And some that I don't even remember anymore. You know, they've kind of just gone off on their life. And Mm -hmm. And so many come in quietly. I'm not one of them. But they come in quietly. And then over time, like you said, they find their voice. They find who they are. And then later, years after the studio, you know, maybe they've moved or for whatever reason, life has taken a left turn or exploded in their face. Um, And um, but they still have their voice. Right. And they got that here. I hope so. I really do. I I really, really hope so. I found my voice. Yeah. The Minnetonka Studio. I found I found me, mm-hmm. and uh, there's nothing better to find than finding yourself. Yeah, and knowing what you can do with it too. So, and having someone else not let you give up. Right. Right. Because exactly. If you're really pushing yourself, you're going to reach at some point in your martial arts career. Uh, for me, it was that jump, spin, crescent, kick. Oh my god! I just—it's a lot of moving pieces, kids. <laughs> and these pieces don't move easily. And just <laughs> relax, and it will come. And you know? I just—I was like, I don't know. Maybe I never get past this rank. I just don't know if I can make my body do this insane thing. And it feels so vulnerable anyway, because so, your legs are wide open, like and this you're is up crazy. in the air, and you're so no snapping one leg across. <laughs> but actually, it is. It's an amazing. It's an amazing kick. kick. It's, it's sneaky. Because you don't see it yeah. till. Well, and that's what the kids with just a spin crescent, you know, they're yeah. just like, and then all of a sudden one day it clicks and this kid is out there and it bam, bam, bam on the target. And I go, <laughs> and I go, and remember like a month ago, you didn't think you'd ever get this. Mm-hmm. This is what hard How work How many people does. have you said that to? Yeah. Oh, tons, 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 tons. I remember one time the students were lined up in front of me, little Charlotte Cox. Oh, gosh. I'll yes. always feel an affinity for her. She loves you, too. She's you well, she to loves that. me, but she talks trash on me. <laughs> she used to spar. We'd spar. She was about two feet tall, four years old, maybe five. Yeah. And, and I remember her walking back out after class and saying, I just beat up Ms. Hall. <laughs> I just found out I'm stronger than Ms. Hall. I was like, easy, oh, tiger. <laughs> hey, come back here, little tiger. <laughs> anyway, they're all lined up in front of me. It's the, it's the beginning of class. And um, I always wanted to be, I didn't teach a ton. I'm not building myself up. I taught a little, but I wanted to be, have my own style and have people really be sweating and red-faced. And you did, you did. You left that impression on people. Well, thank you. Yeah, you really did. There are people that they ask about you. Is she coming back? Is she coming back? Because she's got things going on in her life. You never know. She might walk in the door someday with her uniform on. We can all say, Miss Hall, welcome back. (laughs) Well, you you never know which way things are going to go. But I remember at the top of class, I said to everyone, what's it going to take to play a game after class? And and, uh, little Charlotte Cox shouted out, hard work. And I was like, well, there went that there we lecture. Yeah. <laughs> I had two minutes set aside and the lecture's over. All right, now what do I do? How do I fill that time? And I just think that's something that can be imparted on kids and adults and mm-hmm. everyone, that you can reinvent yourself, especially we talk about mental health on this program. The mind is more plastic than we used to think. Mm-hmm. And you can really reinvent yourself every day if you're not afraid of the sweat. Exactly. Right. The work. You just did hard work, you know. And I tell kids, too, things that, that come naturally to you, you're not going to be as proud of those things as the things that you have worked really hard for. Mm-hmm. That, that one kick that you remember, you're most proud of that kick because you had to work so hard for that. <laughs> but all the other stuff that came easy, it's kind of like, oh, you yeah. know, yeah, piece of cake. And everyone's body is different. Their flexibility is oh, different. Their hips everybody, and- the, everybody has a different, um, uh, a different thing that haunts them <laughs> through their training. And I've seen it. I was telling the kids 
the other day of my white and gold belt class, I had corrected this white, white belt girl and she got like tearful, you know? And so I had to have a little talk with all of them and just say, you know, when I correct you, it's because I know what you can do. You know, I see things in you that you don't have any idea mm. you're capable of doing. So if I'm correcting you, it's not that you're doing something bad. That's not how I look at it. You can just do it better, mm-hmm. you know, and don't we all want to be better, you know? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I said, so when I correct you, just take it as a compliment. I read I, an article about that. Sorry, I didn't mean No, to that's jump okay. In, about, um, you know, there's a lot of talk these days about the pay gap. And I'm not Mm -hmm. going to get political with this podcast, but there is this sense of, I don't know if all of it is deliberate, like people saying, okay, we'll pay the women this and we'll pay the guys that. I think guys, for a lot of them, have an overdeveloped sense of their own value in the world. And I think girls have an underdeveloped sense of their value. Absolutely. Because I just remember, I don't know, from life experience, you just see so many guys that are like, I'll, I'll yeah. show you how to do it. I'm like, oh, do you have a degree yeah. in this? No, but yeah. I, you know, I'll figure it out. They just have this sense that I can do it. I can figure I'll it out. I'll manspeak you. I'll manspeak you. Yeah. And actually, I wonder if that's why they get paid more. They just walk in the room and say, they I deserve this, and, I, and, and that's not enough. And the woman goes, oh, my God, I did something wrong. I got corrected. And she's sitting there in tears, and she's overdoing her homework and extra credit and on and on. And they're not studying I'm going to get on my high horse about school now, even though I've never been an educator. They're not studying how to succeed. They're studying how to people please. And exactly. that is not ambition. No, it's not. It's certainly not leadership. Can you imagine Winston Churchill going, well, I'm going to see what Hitler's comfortable with. And, yeah, uh, yeah. That's <laughs> we'll see my what, Churchill, yeah. who's not even British suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, f- we'll try to please them on the shores and we'll please them on the land and they'll be very happy with us and we'll have their approval and the Germans will calm down. Well, everything will be better. That's not leadership. No, it's not. It's so not. what can we do? You have to own your space. You, you have to own, when you walk into a job, you have to own that space. And you can't let somebody speak over you. you mm-hmm. know? And the thing is, is, it's still, the world is still run by a lot of men. And then if they don't quite know how to deal with a strong woman either. So mm-hmm. you've got that. It's such a, you know, you're either too weak or you're too strong. Hmm. Well, no, come on. Right. You know, I'm just doing what all of those other guys in the room are doing. You're just looking at me differently mm-hmm. because I have boobs. Or my favorite line, there's something about you that's rubbing them wrong. Right. Like, well, Exa- what was it? Well, that conversation we just had. Okay, but what I said was accurate. And here's the file. And here's the, here's the email. And here's, so clarify for me what I said that wasn't accurate. Right. Well, it was, it was accurate. It's just something about the way you said it. I'm like, I said it like a man would say it. And I'm taller than a lot of my bosses. Right. <laughs> right. I, I would just say to them, I said it like a man would say it. I said it like I was confident that I was right. right. Exactly. You know? And so there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's just the world has to change a little bit more. I, I, really, I really thought the women's movement in my generation would change things where we would just be living in Eden right now. Well, there's now. Title IX. Like there is Title IX. Right? Yep, there is Title IX. That there's there's for some now. really really good for now exactly for now oh, I'm just terrified of everything that's been done that's going to be undone and so but there's states and cities and exactly. you know all it'll be okay, I have to cut all this out but all it'll be is the South will have their country and the right. rest of us will have our country right and the next generation is so much more progressive that even in the South they'll trail along after us it, eventually they will and I keep thinking I can complain I you know I have to do what I can do. And this is where I do it. And you, you know? do it well, and this is your space where you're the most impactful. Right. And they can go out, these young people, they can go out stronger, more confident. And, and that's where we're going to see the change in our world. It's the next generation. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I have great hopes with the next generation. I, I don't want to put too much pressure on them, but <laughs> oh, they know I the see, pressure every time they see the ice caps are melting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The pressure yeah. is on them. The They're pressure like, is incredibly on. Hey, parents, and, uh, uh, how about clean your room? Yeah. <laughs> look at look at the ice caps. Tell me to clean my room. <laughs> clean my planet. Right. Exactly. Clean my planet. It, it just. <laughs> I don't um, know how any parents tell their kids to clean their room after the world we're leaving behind for them. I know. It's clean I, this I'm, planet. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in my generation. Um, hmm. But there's a lot of people in my generation that are still fighting the good fight and, For sure. and trying to um, the next generation. We've got it. We've right. got. We've got to put the world in their hands at some point. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's, we've hit the hour mark. So I'll ask yeah, two more questions. Sure. Do you have anything specific to say about survivors out there who are looking for a way to? get more comfortable in their body, whether they have a disordered relationship with food or just a disordered relationship with their body, especially these days, um, people's relationships with their bodies are not what they were 40, 50 years ago. Right. Um, Any words of confidence or advice for anyone listening? I really feel that if you get into an exercise program where you have to be in tune with your body, I think that's a wonderful venue for Mm -hmm. people that have eating disorders or have... um, uh, it, it strengthens you. It's not just your body that you're strengthening. You're strengthening your spirit. You're strengthening your soul. Um, I don't like, I, I like, I, I work out at a place where it's group training, but our workouts are so intense that you can't pay attention to anybody else. I mean, I don't know what the person next to me is doing. I don't know how many burpees they're doing. It does, and I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I work out there for me. And um, I think that's really a great place to figure out your body and what it needs to fuel it, what it needs to feed it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes fueling and feeding your body are two different things. So you interesting. Yeah. It, it just Sometimes you have to feed it things that aren't that great for you because it's good for your soul. Maybe mm-hmm. you need to go out and have that piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> you know, you're feeding it. it it's, it's, I, I, really, I really think exercise is great. And having great relationships, you know, having a friend that I, my best friend I have known since I was a freshman in high school, so do the math, over 50 years that we have been friends. And I can talk to her about anything. And I tell people, you don't need a ton of friends. Hmm. You need one good friend in your life. Mm -hmm. And I honestly do not know what I will ever do if she goes away. You know, I mean, we're so important to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know, um, do what you love. You know, it doesn't have, I mean, maybe it's dance. Maybe they, maybe you love to dance. Maybe you like to bowl. Maybe you like to cross-country ski. You know, get your body moving. Get your body moving. And I know with eating disorders, that's easier said than done. For some people. Because your body is so deleted of vitamins and, yeah. and that. And um, it's, it's a hard, hard struggle. But talk to somebody. You know, don't, don't. Don't keep it to yourself because that is what's going to eat away at your soul, mm-hmm. you know. And for the final question, I'll let you go. My toes are cold. Your toes must be cold. My boots on. I'm freezing. Great. Um, <laughs> it's negative six in Minnesota. Yeah. And, and this is the heat wave. I'm so sick of being cold. Negative 40. <laughs> so we're just dealing with it. Minnesota tough out here. Well, I was barefoot all morning, by my, and my feet were freezing. There's so. no way you hung out behind the desk. You must have been out there on the floor. I was out there, but then I had to be out here oh. for a little bit. My feet were so cold. I <laughs> so, you know, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm keeping my boots on right now. Okay. I'm not going on the training floor, so it's good. That was almost a first in the dojo. Yeah, yeah it was. Okay. Um, <laughs> can you give the people listening one good reason to support the Kelly Nicole Foundation? Oh, my goodness. Oh, if you could have known Kelly like I knew Kettle, mm. Kelly. And I don't even think I knew Kelly as well as I would have loved to have known her. Um, if you can imagine such an a incredibly ill young woman, but yet such an incredibly strong, spirited young woman, I, I have so much admiration for the small amount of time that she had on this earth, the impact that she made on my life, you know, for me to look at myself and think, oh my gosh, you know, this girl has, this young woman has so many obstacles calluses on her soul and she's still putting one foot in front of the other um yeah you couldn't support a better foundation than for her memory and for you too miss hall i mean you you've really you've taken this by the horns and you could have rolled up in a ball which i know you wanted some to of that. <laughs> well and i know you wanted to and, and you certainly deserved to do that but you took that pain and you packaged it and you ran with it and you're still running with it and I know I've told you this before but I'm incredibly incredibly proud of you thank you for what you're doing so yes Kelly Nicole Foundation awesome yeah well thank you so much everyone um, and uh, our apologies to Spa Petit get the music behind the mission Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is proud. Amplified!